Hey everybody, this is Zach Nolan with the Coon Hunting University Podcast. Joining me as I sit down and discuss the past, present, and future of competition coon hunting with some of the top houndsmen in the country. Thank y'all for listening. Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHUPODCAST at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coon Hunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. And GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. They make a high-quality cedar dog box at a great affordable price if you're in the market for a new dog box reach out to gavin at 615-962-5266 hey everybody this is zach nolan i'd like to welcome y'all back to another episode of chu i know i've been not quite as active as some of the other guys on here here lately but hopefully that's going to change i'm finally getting some guys lined up to to actually interview and we got a pretty good one for you here tonight. So, one thing that I have taken away from coon hunting that has really meant a lot to me is is just the people that you meet along the way. Our guest tonight, I've met him probably six or seven years ago, and and over that time we've become really good friends. And he's one of those one of those people that I've that I've met through coon hunting that. Like I said, we've just we've just become pretty good buddies, and I think a lot of him. He's a real good guy. So without any further delay, from the hills and hollers of West by God, Virginia, here he is, folks, Mr. Jamie Painter. What's going on, Painter? You doing all right, buddy? Yeah, how you doing, Zach? Uh, pretty good, buddy. Pretty good. All right, good. so uh, so how's everything been going? I've oh, been going good, buddy. Been going good. Just, uh took on a new job in january and it consumes about every bit of my time I ain't actually ain't turned the dog loose since january well between between that between that and the new grandbaby yeah. it's keeping you pretty busy huh yeah yeah i'm sitting here right now at uh, my daughter's house and uh hey funny story real quick i just jumped on to her she's hung a sign in his in his a uh, little man cave it says but there's a sign here it says animals of the woodlands and it's got it's got all different animal print footprints on tracks on it yeah well guess what ain't on there a coon track there is no raccoon track to be found on it Ooh, that sounds like someone hunting around my house I just I just walked back in there and told her I said now hold on man you might as well paint one of them on there <laughs> Cause that's what that's yeah. what he's gonna be looking for when he gets out big enough to get out in the woods, ain't it? We hope, we hope. I hear you. Like, like you said, I, coon hunting, coon hunting, caused me to meet a lots and lots of good people. Uh, Zach sure has. Well, uh, how 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 did you get started in the coon hunting? Well, I was thinking about that today. Uh, I guess the first time I went coon hunting, I was, I was 10 years old. Uh, uh, a guy who, who everybody around when I started hunting, 
his last name was actually Painter, a guy named Rick Painter. And and all the old timers just they thought I was his boy forever. And then they thought I was his nephew. And then that just went on so long that after so long you just couldn't change it, you know what I mean? So when somebody asked me when somebody asked me where my daddy or my my uncle was, I just I know then who they's talking about, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. And and I'm glad you asked that because he's uh Rick's in his sixties now, late sixties. He got had some health issues from the mines and, and don't don't get to hunt hardly anymore and had a lot going on, but he he is the single biggest reason that I that I enjoy coon hunting. He uh you know, from the time I was a little boy, he had a boy that was my age. And uh <clears throat> his boy used to used to make him kinda go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, as time went on, he his boy got to where he didn't want to go, and man, I'd just be chomping at the bit to go. It was, uh, you know, I was just eleven, twelve, thirteen years old, and and I don't know if you're even old enough to remember them old Toyotas that had the real little old seat in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I would I wanted to go so bad that I I mean we'd drive two, three, whatever, two or three hours, and I, I would sit cramped up in the back of that Toyota. Uh, that, that's how much I love to go coon hunting. Uh, you... uh, just, just, just got started, you know, a lot of pleasure hunting, a lot of, uh, I guess about the time that I did start, you know, we he'd first start getting trackers and stuff, and he always kept a real good dog. I'm talking about he'd keep the top of the line coon dog, uh, so so I, I've been blessed to be able to to go with a good dog pretty much all my life. You know what I mean? I not saying I've always had the best dog, but I You I knew too, somebody that did. I knew somebody that did, yeah, that's right. I yeah. hear you. Well, uh so you was talking about y'all y'all drove two or three hours a lot of times. Uh is, is that kinda how it is, uh, with some of the hunting in West Virginia, you have to drive a long ways to getting some good hunting? Well, I'll I tell you a little bit about that, and there's a couple of people that can vouch for me, you know what I mean? Uh, right where I was born and raised is, is about, uh, I used to tell people the way the bird flies, it's about 20 miles to, to Virginia and Kentucky and, and West Virginia where they all come together, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, uh, you know, I'm sure some of the listeners probably will, but, but it, it's pretty much, it's about, for coon hunting it's about the worst possible place that you could ever coon hunt uh uh i know uh cj thomas down where he lives has got pretty bad hunting and and there's a lot of people you know that hunt in some bad places but uh, until you until you've looked at you know when the garments come out and i realized that the elevations was 19 or 2000 foot on them elevation lines and i standing at 600 foot uh, that's that's a long that's a long ways to climb. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I bet there's been a lot of times you <laughs> you, you see the cone before you see the dog. Oh, many many times I've I've seen. I mean, they just stories. I don't even want to get into that, but just just where I was at. So so to get to it, uh, you know, not to jump forward or nothing. But when I 
uh, it ain't been 10, 12, 13 years ago when I realized that I didn't live in a place to train a competition dog. Uh, for one thing, when they treat here where I live, there ain't no recasting. You you don't want nothing. You don't want nothing to do with a recast. And well, a uh, lot that that's the case in a lot of places I hunt here. So people have have big tracks and big tracks of timber and and good you know flatter yeah. hunting, but but a lot of, a lot of my hunting's like that too. You, you cut one time and they've had to go so far and go tricking a lot of times, and you've had to walk so far. You're gutted. You ain't studying cutting loose again. Yeah, that's right. I know. I know all about that. So, so what I've done is I, you know, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time away from from my my family and 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 a lot of money. You know, a lot of driving, a lot of time. Uh, I, I you can go north from here. 60 70 miles 80 miles and get into good hunting but uh that's not a that's not a 60 or 70 mile drive that's that's a two-hour drive you know what i mean yeah roads are uh and it's uh it's it's hard on you and and it just you know just two hours is was my normal for years and years and years two hours one way just to get into decent hunting and, and that's where I, I hunted all the time uh met a few guys up there hunting a little state ground you know so i just started driving away from here because uh around here like i said it just don't fit a, it just don't fit for competition hunt right um so so you don't think they'll ever get the world hunt moved over there well if they do uh, I probably win it that year, mate. <laughs> uh, I but, hear you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a struggle, and like I said, I ain't turned one loose in six, seven, eight months. But uh, uh, I hope to get back at it. I live in a live in a little better place now. Uh, I actually live about three hours north of where I was raised, and 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 you can get into some really good hunting up there. Probably the best coon population i've ever even been around and i ain't turned the dog loose there well yeah well uh so just moving along here how 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 did you get in the talk about when you first got into the competition hunt well it was uh, i'm gonna say probably 14 15 years old uh and the same guy you know rick uh called my uncle we uh you know, he would go and he was hunting and that's probably about the time that he he probably let me handle one and I couldn't tell you as far as the first cast, first UKC cast, I couldn't I can't tell you nothing about whether I won, lost. Don't have no idea but uh you know, so along that time I started hunting in UKC and that's pretty much all there was around here at the time. Uh that would have been 94, 95, uh, then just hunted UKC pretty much for years and years and years. You know, I was thinking about the first TKC cast that I ever hunted in. I worked for a guy in the coal mines. Uh, he was our superintendent and he was, uh, he was a big cone hunter and he, he actually hauled me to my first PKC hunt 
and I, and I do remember that I won it because I, I beat him. You know, it was a it's a big deal at work that the boss had hauled me and, and I beat him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was that was around. I was thinking about that today. That was in two thousand and two when I hunted my first PKC hunt. Uh, didn't uh, didn't you know go after it every night? I worked in the mines and it was five, six, seven days a week in the coal mines. So I just went when I could. But along about two thousand five, two thousand six, I really got to got to enjoy competition hunting and and uh, really up till six months ago that's uh i mean 15 16 years that, that's pretty much all, all i lived for i mean i didn't uh i've quit good jobs and you know a lot of stuff just just because it didn't fit into coon hunting and when i say i live for it i mean that's that's what i done i did work you know what i mean i wasn't what nothing against you know as far as working or nothing but that's i would work i mean hunt and drive that two hours i was telling you about and, and get up and go to work you know what i mean i just it it consumed my life i guess you could say and i and i loved it yeah and and a lot of people uh may not really understand but if you're going to compete at a high level in this sport it, it takes it takes that that amount of dedication to it uh there's gonna be nights when you don't want to go hunting you're too tired you know you get in from work uh you know the weather might not just be right this and that uh but it shows when you carry the town oh yeah it uh yeah it's a uh it, it don't uh, i mean you might have somebody that has a little success but they're not they're not and i'm not a successful coon hunter i don't feel like but compared to others but uh, if you're going to do any amount of winning or have a good dog, uh, you know, my uncle used to say, uh, you get a good dog by boot leather and 22 bullets. You know what I mean? That's, and, and what he meant by that was you should keep it in the woods. Uh, that, that's, that's a lot of problem with a lot of pups. I think, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of pups, some will say 50% or more don't never really get a true opportunity. They don't, uh, people just put them up and don't hunt them enough, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they, they're, they're definitely not trained. Uh. Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they're proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days, same as cash, to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkeys Outdoors, houndsmen helping houndsmen. Yeah, they. a lot of people, I feel like, look at the potential of a pup. You know, they look at how it's bred or, or whatever, and they think, man, you know, if this pup turns out, like his mom or his dad, or the, you know, he's bred to do this, and they get kind of hung up on that, and they don't realize what it takes to get them, uh, get them to a point where they're they're training coons and winning coon hunts, and it's a lot. It really is. 
I ain't, ne- I ain't never seen but uh, probably two or three them naturals in my life, and and one of them we'll we'll get into talking about it a little bit later. But uh, it, it takes it takes some hard work and dedication, and, and there's a lot of guys anymore that that's all they do, and that, that's good. That I'm not uh, I'm not jealous of that or nothing, but. I mean, it, it takes it'll consume their life, and that's what it that's what it'll do if you want to win at a high level and keep winning. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, but, and and it's the, it's that way in any sport, anything in life for that matter. You you get what you put in it. Uh, well, let, let's let's get into talking about some of these some of these dogs that you've had the opportunity to hunt. Uh, I know when we talked the other day the 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 dog that you you mentioned that you'd first started winning with was a dog named Sledge. So talk a little bit about that dog. Sledge was a uh he was probably uh it would have been in oh six. Uh I'd i you know, like I said, I'd started getting into a few competition hunts and I hunted a few that that may have won a cast or two, but he couldn't even hardly win locally, you know what I mean? And, and when I say locally in a PKC hunt, I still mean an hour and a half, two hours away for me. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I bought this dog uh, off a guy named Bill Stover. Bill Stover probably lives three hours away from me, but but since I was a kid, I know Bill Stover kept good good dogs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I bought this dog off him, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Uh, the night I bought him, the day I bought him, uh, me and my uncle went and picked him up, and and I mean it was blue cold. I think that night, I believe uh, it was about eight degrees, and there was about two inches of snow, crusted snow on the ground. And he said, "You surely ain't going to hunt tonight." I said, yeah, I bought this dog. I'm going to turn him loose. And I turned him loose two times, and he treed two coons, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and I thought then, I thought, man, I, I'll win everything, you know what I mean? But but just to cut it short, I, I soon learned that he didn't win everything. Now, I did win. I know I made him a PKC champion, you know, just hunting him locally, and I, and I won a, I think they called them Pro-Ams in. There was about a hundred dollar entry fee and i think i won five hundred dollars at one hunt uh with him and i i told you that other night i traveled to a pro hunt first pro hunt i'd ever went to was in bucyrus ohio and uh and i draw don dunlap and jeff rickless and a dog called loctite out of georgia and and that dog sledge caught two coons on the ground, and I never got—I never got the single plus point. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, uh, never got the single. Never got a single plus point. Now, that matter of fact, the second one we seen him on the first one chewing on it, and the second one I, he got scratched for a dog fight. So that was my—that was my introduction to a pro hunt, and I soon learned that, you know few hunts here and there and i guess after probably a year maybe i I learned that sledge wasn't wasn't cutting it uh so i moved on to a little old female that was a good female she was nocturnal bred i don't remember exactly but 
uh, I got on a little tire there with her. Her name was Jill, and and I just seemed like every local hunt I went to up Ridgefield or somewhere up through there, uh, I, I won a lot with her and uh, got. Uh, I don't even remember who I sold her to or nothing. I know I got pretty good money. I love her. Uh, I guess that was back when people was watching the magazine or something and they'd seen her and somebody called and I sold her, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh so I went through a few other dogs, you know, just trying them and looking and and, and really and truly I started getting I started getting a lot of and that was when I was still hunting right here at my house too. So uh, like I told you it's rough. Uh, there's rattlesnakes in the summertime copperheads and it, it's just steep and rough and and I, I think that's about the time that I started realizing you know I was going to have to get out of here to, to ever make a good competition dog and I, I hunted a few dogs and they didn't they didn't do nothing a lot of slick tree and seemed like around that time and and I got on a big pursuit i guess you could say that i was going to read you know in the pro hound form and start getting big about that time you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i started hearing about these wipeout dogs and 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 i took a lot of grief and you know aggravation and and a lot of stuff over the years about them but just just to be honest with you i'm a I'm a wipeout man. If you see me with you know, with a dog, there's a real good chance that that's how it's bred. Yeah, and uh, you can't take nothing away from what the wipeout dogs have done. Uh, I've had a couple of them, and uh, one of them I liked okay. The other one just didn't really suit me. But uh, but the, but they've worked for a lot of people, and uh, you definitely can't take that away from them. No, and they're not for everybody. I used to tell people that, you know, they, like I said, a lot of these guys around here, they, uh, you know, they'd had the name for being trailers and not treeing and you know what I mean? Mm hmm But uh, I, I caught a lot of uh, flack and grief and aggravation over them, you know what I mean? But I've, since about 08, Oh seven, oh eight, somewhere along to her, I ain't for sure. I like I said, I just been uh I've been a been on the wipeout bandwagon, so to speak. Uh and um the first wipeout dog you started hunting was Terrace, correct? Yeah, yes, it was a little old female. She probably wasn't about a year old when I bought her. Uh bought her sight unseen, I think I'd got on the forum. Uh, the pro hunt former and seen her on there for sale or something. Somehow got hooked up with her. I'd actually been calling Barry, you know, looking to see if he had anything. And somehow I got hooked up with James Wright out of Florida. And uh, he he actually was coming to Alabama or somewhere, you know what I mean? And he said, I'll sell her to you. Uh, and, I, and I'll meet you. And me and him met up somewhere south of nashville i don't even remember what town it was and and i bought her and her name was wipeout terrorist uh zach and uh, drove picked her up and drove 
drove straight to Adamsville, Tennessee, to Barry's house. Uh, he had invited me. Like I said, I'd been talking to him a little bit. Didn't know him, never laid eyes on him, uh, other than just what I'd seen. But uh, that would have been 07, 08. And 15 years later, he's he's still one of the best friends I have. Uh, he, he invited me in, you know, at that time. And and just just southern hospitality really you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh actually i think i'd planned to get a motel and and he wouldn't have none of it and he said you just bring that dog over here we'll stay here and we'll hunt as long as you want i remember that he told me we'll hunt as many nights as you want to hunt uh and and of course he had uh that was the time he had Hellbilly and uh, Hard Rock was living. You know, Clay had him there and Billy Bell had Peaches. And, and I guess you could just say Adamsville was the, uh, McNary County is the is the wipeout capital of the world, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah. And and you said that, that first night you went hunting, y'all, you, you cut the first time you ever cut her loose was with, with Hellbilly, Hard Rock, and Peaches. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, 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 it sure was. And, and the next night, I, one of them didn't come, might not have been Peaches, might just been Rock and Billy and Tara, and she didn't, I don't even know that she treated Coon, uh, as far as with them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All, all I remember about that night was, uh, Hell Billy put on, a put on a show there for about three nights that week for me and and like I told you I was I was even more hooked in. I didn't think it was nothing. You know, you could cut him across them big bottoms down there and that sucker would be treed in just a minute with a coon. And and I you know, all I'd ever hunted was mountains all my life, so I you know, I had never seen nothing like that, man. I was just impressed. Uh uh very, very impressed. And I wind up later on, like I told you, I bred uh, Terrace to uh, Hillbilly, and, and she never really did produce nothing. There was one jet there that I told you they called her Wiped Out Hellion. Uh, I still see her around in a few papers. Uh, so she must have a few pretty good dogs, I guess. Like I said, when I bought her after that, I carried her to maturity. Never even come back home. Just went straight up there to the maturity. And and I don't even remember if I done any. I know I didn't double up or nothing. May want to cast. But I started carrying her around. And, and the very first year that I started hunting her in hunts, uh, I wind up I, that year or wanted on the last night of the year too. I forgot to tell you that the other night. I me and Bill Wooten was in a real tight race. Uh, uh, Kenny Mason may have been in the middle of it too. I'm not for sure, but uh, I, I wanted on the last night of the year in a place called Wooster, Ohio. They had a fifty dollar hunt, and turned out that hundred ten dollars was what was what made me the winner of the state race, I believe. You won that, and then you got in some Final Fours with her at the, at the Breeder Showcase and the Lone Star and the Spring Classic and things like that. So that that's the little dog, really, that, that kind of taught you how to win. 
Yeah, she was she was not a competition dog by no means. Uh, she was just a good hunting dog. I mean, she was a and when I say hunting, I mean hunting for a coon. She didn't she didn't pass no coons up, and she could trail a coon up. And you know, turns out she probably done more too much trailing for competition hunts, but uh, she won ten eleven thousand dollars in her life just by being a coon dog. Right and 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 doing that like like you said I I got in I'll never forget it I uh I scored either seven twenty five or eight twenty five in at the Lone Star uh man we got we treat more coons than 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 I'd ever treat in my life down there uh that's a long ways from West Virginia to Texas to coon hunt yeah and and she. She put on a show down there, and I, I enjoyed myself and, and got in at the Spring Classic one night with her and and got in at uh, 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 Breeder Showcase uh, with her. I, I'll never forget it. I still, you know, the picture of it, it's uh, uh, her and Bone Collector, and there was another dog. I can't think right the minute, but it, it was just she was just uh she was just a good dog i mean she was a she was just a good coon dog she she got to where she had a a name here locally you know what i mean all the old coon hunters and stuff they didn't uh well actually when i sold her i mean they just my phone just blowed up people wanting to know why in the world that i'd sold that dog <laughs> but uh that was about the time you know competition hunts was was a pretty big thing and like I told you a guy named uh Jimmy Brockelman up in the, actually lives in the same town I live in now in uh Bridgeport, West Virginia. He he's uh he wound up giving me ten thousand dollars for her. Well, that was a lot of money back then. And, and that was oh seven, oh eight, oh yeah. nine, somewhere through oh nine I believe actually, but I had never uh I had never sold no dog for that kind of money, so I thought I was doing the right thing. But now I looked for a long time before uh, before I found anything else, and that's when I, uh, you know, run up on Blaze. You got Tara from from James, right? And you had told me that you got Blaze, or you, you might you didn't get him from James, right? Uh, no, but, he won. James was the last one had him, but there's been a. I guess you talked about that small little. Not really a connection, but it's just kind of odd, you know. Uh, uh, and I'd never, I, I didn't even mention that to you the other night. Uh, when, when, when Brockelman sold Terrorist, uh, I think when he originally sold her, Brian Sanders and Justin White and some other guy went in and bought her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So me and James and, and Justin White and Trey Pern is, uh, Trey never did on terrorist, I don't guess, but, uh, you know, he, he wound up, uh, to all, there's four dogs or three dogs that I can think of that, that me and James and Justin has all had our hands on at some point in their life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, the, the deal was, you know, I told you about, getting wipeout blaze which he was out of that that litter of zeb again and and clone you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah that, that was a really good litter that, 
Now, Billy Bell and I guess McAfee know that they had probably made a great cross, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or thought they was. I, I don't think they really had an uh, uh, idea of what they was doing, you know what I mean? But well, was that the was that the first uh, the first cross that had been made on Clone? Was that again? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, yes. Uh but uh I, I had actually got hooked up with that and, and I'd like I told you I'd actually bought a pup off of that same litter from Billy. Uh, he he never did make it though. He he had the worst case of rickets, I guess the vets around here had ever seen, and and I tried everything. They put cast on him. We you know we done the uh, sunshine and the vitamins. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he he didn't he never did make it. He was crippled, so we put him down. Uh, if I know what I know now, I'd have probably just done something else and even if i just bred him you know what i mean right uh, of course not at that time nobody had an idea really but uh to, to to hurry it up i guess uh i didn't have no dog and i'd went with sean rudy the boy that lives up around where i live now uh he was hunting for a guy named jim mcgill and, and he went he said let's go to kitties and and hunt and we'd went down there and Kitty'd set it up for for Elmer and uh, Elmer Jenkins and Marty Warren and, and I think it was only two that come and I know Billy come, Bill and Kitty and me and Sean, we all went a hunt. And uh Elmer had a pup that he called uh I think he called him Bill Blazing Billy was his name when Elmer had him. Uh and and Marty had uh, Wall Street, and I had a pup that the one you seen that picture of the other night, uh, out of uh, he was out of uh, Hellbilly and Casey's litter mate to Deluxe and Hell Chamber, and and Billy had Bernice. I, I'll never forget that hunt as long as I live. It was it was cold and and frosted and just a just a cold night you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i and i'm wanting to say i believe i'm pretty accurate when i say we hunted that night them pups wasn't 10 or 11 months old meaning blaze and and wall street uh we treed four coons that night and and blaze treat every one of them uh so, so Sean, you know, he got to call him McGill, you know what I mean, and and this and that, and and I think it took him about a week or two, you know, to get to get with Elmer, but he he wound up he bought Blaze off Elmer Jenkins, uh, so that would have been in ten, I guess. Uh, 2010 and sean hunted for a little bit and something happened he couldn't hunt so i kind of just took over hunting blaze and and i really liked blaze a lot i know i know then that blaze was the best competition dog that i'd ever had at my place you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh started pretty much just hunting locally and then you know went to a few final fours and uh Got in a few Final Fours in a few different places. Breeder Showcase uh, with Blaze and 
and done a little winning with him and didn't have him an awful long time. McGill wound up having to sell him and he sold him to Jack Maggard in Kentucky and Jack kept him for a little while and he wound up letting Justin White have him. Yeah, and uh, that that's when I first uh first ever come in contact with him, I guess, was probably uh, you know, when Justin and Trey had him and, and I, I liked the dog then and uh and even even after they sold him, I think James Wright got him into World Hunt when he was like ten or eleven years old. Uh, that Blaze was Blaze was a good dog. Uh, yes. So what what was probably your favorite? You won you won several uh, several nights with him at the Breeder Showcase, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think I got in two nights with him, and uh, I don't I don't want to you know tell it wrong, but. I think I actually even had a shot of winning overall, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and never did, but, but I, I always had good luck at the Bridger Showcase, and and I think Coy might even got Express in a night or two, and that was about the time that, that everybody started, you know what I mean, realizing, uh, okay, we, 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 that cross is something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And- uh, of course, of course, American Express wind up winning about everywhere Corey took him, you know what I mean? No uh, telling what he wanted what he would have won if he'd because how old was he when he got killed? I, I don't I don't remember to be honest with you, Zach. But I it really was pretty don't. he but, was fairly young. Yeah, I know it was uh you know, Mark called me that night when it happened and, and it was it's pretty uh pretty devastating to him because he was a good be a good dog or not he was a good competition dog and he won you know what i mean he won he won quite often right uh, and but that uh that was about the time you know like i said mcgill had sold him and, and i started hunting uh i just started hunting a few other dogs again i guess and and that led us up to uh, your buddy, old Wipeout Weapons. Yeah. Before we get into weapon, real quick, uh, <laughs> you had uh, you had mentioned uh, when you first went hunting with Blaze that that uh, Elmer Jenkins had him. Coming to you from Bushwhacker Nation 2022 Super Stake Sire 2022 Performance Sire PKC Pup Earnings over $400,000 Pro Sport Pup Earnings over $60,000 2022 Treeing Walkers Breeders and Fanciers Association Stud Dog of the Year UKC number 3 Current Reproducer This dog's name is Stylish Bushwhacker And he needs no introduction He's one of the hottest stud dogs out right now Located in Fredericksburg, Indiana For more information, contact Justin Davenport At 954-614-8138 Thank you to Mr. Davenport For purchasing the Cunut University Stud Dog ad from the Shriners Benefit Hunt. All that money went to benefit the State of Missouri Coon Hunt Association annual Shriners Children Hospital Benefit Hunt, which will be held on September 24th, 2022. Y'all go check them out. 
that man right there, and I don't know Elmer super well. I just know of him really, and I've 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 seen him at hunts and stuff. But uh, to hear people talk about all the all the pups that went on to be big time winners that have been at his house that he started. Uh, I, you know, I know he's had Blaze, and there's been several other, and a lot of them been wipeout dogs, but uh, there's been several others that that he had that that other people end up with, and they just blow up. It's it's crazy how much they win. Uh, oh, he he started thousand dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew it, I knew he had started Bill and Blaze and uh, Chubby. Yeah, dog uh, called Chubby. I don't know. He's probably a little bit full your time, but Chubby won a lot. Amber started him. Uh, Amber's definitely a good pup man. You know, like like I said earlier, you know, just through these dogs and that that I developed a relationship with Amber and Marty and uh, Coy and you know, what I mean, just just all through these different dogs, you know, back up to Terrace and developed a lot of relationship with her. Uh, Brent Robertson down in Georgia, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, William Cochran and Stephen Nim, just, just all through, through these, through these dogs that I met all these people and, and, and developed some lifelong relationships. Like I said, uh, just, just by, what little bit of time I had terror and that's how I got to meet Barry and and just been friends ever since. Uh and been, the the connections that you make doing this is gonna help you. You know, if you're just starting out in this, the the more people you can get around that know what they're doing and, and are willing to teach you and willing to help you out. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh uh you know, I just you know, for you, like I said, not in the weapon, but just just relationships with people. Another another feller that I met through dogs, and it was actually about the time that I had weapons. Uh, was 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 meeting Doug Jackson, you know, and becoming friends with him, and probably uh, you know, everybody's got their opinion, but there probably is not a. Not necessarily a pup, but there's no better dog man than Doug Jackson, period. Uh in my eyes, you'd have to just, you know I mean you'd have to prove it some other way. Now these people that's one more and uh but when Doug has a dog and he's hunting it, he he knows everything about it. Every detail about that dog, you can believe Doug Jackson knows knows about it. Uh, and just just through phone conversations and and you know going to his house or whatever, uh, I mean just you can learn if you pay attention and listen and and watch him when you're hunting. You you can learn stuff from him, right? Uh, and, and Doug Jackson has has taught me a lot just by phone conversations and uh, you know just 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 through dogs meeting him and. And all these people, uh, I mean, they, there's no better person probably than Doug Jackson. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I've drawed him, and it's he's just serious about his hunting. But when it comes time just just in life and in friendship, I mean, he's, he's, he's top of the line, Doug Jackson is. And that's the way people ought to be, really. 
you know, uh, th- there's there's nothing wrong with with being a tough competitor once you're out there in the wood. Uh, no, we're and, all yeah, out one, there to win. We didn't drive to lose. Right. Yeah. yeah. Once once that watch beeps, yeah, we're buddies again. But, uh, you know, you can't get mad at somebody for for being a tough competitor. I guess Doug's brother Junior was probably known as the toughest competitor ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I've heard a lot of folks say that, and he's quoted as saying, uh, "When you, when you throw that dog lead across your neck, it knocks your angel wings off." <laughs> that's a pretty good quote right there. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's that's about sums it up from what I've seen in my life. Yeah. So moving on, uh. So I guess now we will get into old weapon. Uh, sure. That was that was when we first, me and you first met. I guess uh, was when you we we run into each other at some of the pro hunts. Uh, probably in 2016, 2016, yeah. uh, When when you were running the pro hunts with weapon, I'd hunted with him before uh, when you had him, and I really liked the dog. Weapons probably. He's one of my all-time favorite dogs. Uh, I just I really liked the way he the way he moved and uh, uh, how hard he hunted and just you know he was he was what you wanted. You shoot him through there, he's gonna he's gonna be in there tree with a coon quick, fast, and in a hurry. And that's what I like. Uh, mm-hmm. So just just kind of start start us off from the from the beginning with weapon and 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 we'll kind of talk through that. Yeah, that was, uh, so I had, uh, like I said, a blaze had moved on and I was looking and, and I got a phone call from a guy named Alan Hedgecock, who is, who is another one of the good people that I've met, you know, through coon hunting. Uh, so Alan had called me and, and I think Alan and Bradley Beaver had went down and and bred a jip or went and bought some pups off Tommy McQueen out of Hillbilly and uh, uh, six pack. Uh, so so they had went and got them, and I guess Alan had watched. I don't remember Alan's. Something happened to Alan's, and it may have died or something. I don't remember. But Alan said he just started watching the other pup that somebody down there had bought. And it was a male pup, and and Alan said this boy just focused all his time as a bitty pup on this, on this. I mean, as a since it was a bitty pup, he focused all his time on this pup, and and <laughs> Alan used to say, I don't know who the guy was, don't know, but Alan would say that old boy, he'd just go out there and let that pup go. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, but anyways, I guess at a young age, you know, six, seven months old, Weapon was treating coons uh, right by himself. Uh, so, and I guess that boy just kept pounding that, and 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 that's what that's what a lot of people don't understand, and it don't, you know, it don't really help you much for hunts, so to speak. But uh, me and Barry's agreed on this many times. That, but that's what a wipeout dog likes. They, they just like you and a twenty-two rifle. They don't want no other people, no other dogs. Uh, so I guess weapon ring really rings true to that. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, 
So that boy had trained him up, and I guess Alan had got to watching him, and somehow Alan got him balked, you know, and uh, and and he got him balked. Uh, but he'd hunt him there for a little bit, and I guess he'd been hunted so much by himself, and uh, he, he he developed a habit of when Alan started hunting him with other people and other dogs that he'd trick him and if them other dogs come to him he'd leave you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, so Alan got aggravated with that and he was a big hunter and Alan lives around a lot of roads you know what I mean and, and he called me and just talked to me and I developed a friendship and uh, uh, with Alan talking on the phone and he offered me half of him just to just to bring him and hunt him and see what I could do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so Alan had called and offered me half a weapon, and I brought him up here. Uh, that would have been in 2011 uh, sometime uh, because, you know, I know it was before his first super stakes. <clears throat> and I hunted him and, and actually... Uh, treat a lot of coons with him but I'd seen that issue that Alan had had and, and I'd done a few things and and got him to where he would if a dog come and covered him he, he'd stay you know what I mean uh, so so I started carrying him to some hunts and got his money won and, and actually carried him to the one year old super stakes in Salem and, and like I told you the other night uh Never won a, never won a, not even an early round in all three years was weapon at the super stakes. Uh, just don't don't remember a whole lot about it, but never really had no luck at the super stakes that, with him. That's tough too when you get when you got a dog that you really like. Oh you yeah, you got a lot of confidence in, and then you go up there and get beat all week. It just it'll take the wind out of yourself. Well, weapon, uh, weapon definitely give me, give me a lot of confidence in in competition hunting. Like I said, Blaze was the first, you know, that I know that had a competition dog. And weapon always, he was always a low strike dog, but he hunted hard and and he he like I said, he gave me a lot of confidence in hunting in the hunts and. And he he eventually won quite a bit, you know what I mean. But weapon uh, weapon was one of them naturals. Now, like I said, I didn't have him when he was a pup. I probably got him when he was fifteen, sixteen months old. But I do know that uh, when it's when it becomes a you know just a natural loner, that that's weapon. He weapon was never shocked never beat never made to stay away from dogs weapon he never liked dogs and then a lot of times he didn't like people but uh, he's uh he didn't like i said he was always by himself and he always hunted hard uh no he didn't he didn't suit everybody because he was a low strike dog and and actually you know in yance podcast he talked about it uh, weapon, weapon is is a he is a definition of a coon dog. I, I judge all dogs by 
by weapon on accuracy. Now, uh, you know, I never did hunt with him a whole lot, but probably Zeb again, you know, by what Kitty says, probably was accurate, more accurate. Uh, but I, I, you can't, uh, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of times, I, did, I, I always expected to see a coon when I went into weapon. Uh, Zach, he was just, he just, I mean, I've seen him go 30 trees in a row, lots, without a den tree or nothing. I'm talking about a coon in it. Uh, and, and he won quite a bit, but he, like, you know, like Yant said, he's always a lot of little stuff that, uh, that he just didn't catch the brakes or, you know, uh, I don't know how to see. He's just unlucky, really, a lot of times. Uh, I, I probably won, I don't know, you know, numerous, numerous casts with him, but, I mean, there was numerous casts that I could think, gosh, dang, if this one thing would have happened, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know. He won twenty one or twenty two thousand in PKC, and well, me and Alan got to figuring up our one time it was thirty or more in invitational hunts that he won, and uh, eight or ten in CHKC or five or six, something like that. I don't remember exactly. You know what I mean? But he mm-hmm. he won a lot of money. Uh, a lot a lot of times, you know, the deals I had even later on when when I got him back and. And got in, you know, in on him with Pat Key and uh, Allen together. Uh, these, I mean, those times, weapon provided, uh, he provided my daughter's Christmas present, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, he, he's, you know, this blows a lot of people's mind. He's, he's not my favorite dog I've had. He's not, in my eyes, he's not the best dog I've had, but. Uh, he was a sure enough good dog, and and like I said, Alan and Alan let me in on him. Uh, weapon made the final four of three pro hunts and won one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he won the wipeout hunt one year, uh, down in Tennessee when they had that thing. You know what I mean? Uh, he's. He he provided me a lot of good moments in my life, really a lot of a lot of happy moments, and probably as far as meeting people. Uh, I mean, these these people that that I could walk up to today. That's actually that's actually what they'll refer to me as. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'll say, "There's old wipeout." That's Sluggo to this day. When I walk up to him, that's exactly what. There's old wipeout weapon. That's what he said. <laughs> it's just, uh, I guess you know, certain dogs that you associate with people, and 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 I got a lot of people to thank. Brad Allen being number one, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Pat Key, another great, great guy that I met, and and he come in on weapon. You know, after I got him back, he talked about Yan had him. You know, there was a time I hunted weapon for two years and, and I got to working a lot and just some things went on in my life and and I let Alan have him back, you know what I mean? And and he he'd let Yant take him and hunt him and 
You know, there was one point Kitty had pursued getting him, and and Doug Jackson had even pursued trying to get weapon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually how I met Doug was through weapon. So, well, I got a lot to thank weapon for. Really, I mean, he's still he's still kicking it today. Uh, thirteen, well, I'll be thirteen in February, and he's he just lives on a twenty foot dog chain and loves it. Uh, weapon by far the smartest dog I've ever seen. Uh, I've seen weapon do things in the woods that people, they, I'm not even going to get into it because I don't want them laughing and, you know, saying how crazy I am on this podcast, but I've seen weapon do things in the woods that blow your mind. Uh, and, and out in the yard or in the kennel, just smart too, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. He, he, he didn't, they never did like him dogs, you know, so those things he done that I seen, and it was because of a garment, you know what I mean, but that I noticed these things, but I watched him do it. Uh, Weapon had never, never, never been junky. Uh, I hunted him many, many nights, and I can think of five possums that I seen him tree. One of them was on a on a pro hunt cask in North Carolina. It was the first one I'd ever seen him tree and I was blowed away when I got there and seen that. And the other four was actually two one night and two another night. So it was I mean it so you can imagine how I felt treeing two possums in one night. Mm, yeah. But I'm gonna tell you something, that's what I said, people don't want to believe stuff. Uh, I've seen weapon. <laughs> and I, you know, I know you probably you probably even laughing. That's fine, but I've seen weapon trees, turkeys. I've seen weapon trees, snakes. Uh, the snake deal was on a pro hunt cast in North Carolina, and he's treed a mile over. And and we get into him, and we look up this bush, and there's nothing up this bush. Well, somebody gets looking around and say, God dang, man, there's a snake balled up up there. They're like, that dog didn't tree that snake. And I was like, well, what the crap else did he tree? You know what I mean? I mean, there's a snake there. What did he tree? He, he treed that snake. I've seen him tree a dozen turkeys. Well, hey, if 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 you can get any more of them turkey treeers. Uh, let me know because i i can't call one in myself i hear you he's uh and that let me know that he treat you know he treats a lot by sight had to you know what i mean yeah uh i I think that's the reason he treated the possums i may be wrong and i can't prove that but i I believe he just seen them you know what i mean Yoder Nylon has long been known for producing the highest quality briar-proof products on the market. Now they've formed a partnership with Razor Hunting Gear to produce all Razor's new hunting products. Razor has a wide selection of products from competition belts, chest rigs, strap vests, to hunting jackets. These products look as well as they perform. Razor Hunting Gear, designed by coon hunters for coon hunters. Razor Hunting Gear's newest products are now available for order. You can find a link in the description box below. Yeah, and and with he was he was kind of a kind of an ambush type dog, anyways. A lot of times, from when oh, I hunted yeah. with him, 
And a lot of times, those type dogs, when they run across a possum that's red hot or they see it, it's hard yeah. for them to pass up. But, uh, yeah, you're, that's right. He's, uh, he, he just, you know, and, and like you said, been around me and Alan was taught by us around 14 or 15. I'd let Alan have him back and Yan and hunt him and had a little success with him. And he, you know, as he said on his podcast, he was unlucky for him. Uh, he'd hate to think of the, the money he could have won. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, but, I got him back in 2016, and that's what you said, you know, when when I probably met you. Uh, I couldn't remember what order it was. It was, uh, I guess, the Good Springs Pro Hunt that we got in the final four. And uh, then, I, then I went to South Carolina and won that pro hunt. And, and I went to Louisiana that same year. And, and and made a bad call where he'd have been in the final four of the Louisiana Pro Hunt. Uh, it was it, that was my fault. That wasn't no bad luck on weapon. That was just bad handling. But anyhow, not you know me and Alan was talking. Pat, we I think he doubled up four or five different times at the World Hunt in his life. Uh, doubled up at the Nationals just. Just never could, you know, other than that pro hunt and the, and the wipeout hunt and a few other hunts here and there, nothing really big, but he just, he never had that luck to, to get him on, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, hey, you've uh, you've done better than a lot of folks anyway, so that, that ain't nothing to hang your head about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you talk you talk about what weaponing meant to you and everything. Uh, and you talked about how he wasn't your favorite dog you've had, but Weapon did give you your favorite dog. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let, let's talk about go, him. But before you go into that, I have to. I have, you know, I have a bunch of stories with Weapon, uh, but but I have to tell this one because you know, going back to what Weapon meant to me, it was uh, would have been in. I'm gonna say 2017, maybe they had that. You know, they'd come back out with the wipeout hunt there one year, and I'm thinking it's either 16 or 17. So, so I go back down to Kitty's and hunt a couple of nights, and and Doug Jackson that actually had Slim at the time, and he come down. You know what I mean? And me and him and Kitty had been hunting three or four nights, and and. You know, we had, Kitty didn't even have a dog, and me and Doug was just hunting Slim and Weapon, and and the way Kitty hunts is uh, is is little, you know, he'll hunt on what he calls his uncle's land, or people that know him and the hunter there, they know what, you know what I'm talking about. But anyhow, so we had had each other in our garments. I had Slim, and he had Weapon, Doug did, and and we had dropped Doug off one night to go get Slim. Well, lo and behold, he got cussed something awful, I guess. But while he was going to get Slim, me and Kitty went and got a uh, weapon, and and we, you know, we'd carried a gun in there to shoot the coon out, and we shot the coon out. 
kitty did, and when he shot the coon down, it, I don't remember if it fell or if it jumped. But anyhow, I'd let weapon go. Well, Kitty takes down through her running after his coon, and and weapon, you know, chasing behind it, and and Kitty sticks the gun down to this coon's head, and go, you know, gonna kill it. And about the time he does, weapon just slides in there and grabs hold of that coon. About the time he pulls the trigger, well, Kitty just immediately just froze. He said, "Man, I've shot your dog." And I was like, nah, he didn't shoot him. I watched him. He's fighting that coon. You know, we looked. There wasn't nothing on him. So, he, you know, we was kind of just giggling about it then. But but we, when we got back to the key and headed back towards Doug, and, and, you know, we called Doug or something. He said, well, I don't got weapon on the Garmin no more. Well, we picked him up and moved to the next spot, and he said, Payne, he said, I still don't got weapon on the on the Garmin. Well, we got to looking, and lo and behold, uh, Kitty had shot weapons tracking collar. I mean, we, we actually wow. took, the, took the collar apart, and the bullet was in the battery of the tracking collar on weapons' neck. Hmm. So all that all that luck weapon needed to to move on in some of them bigger hunts, I guess he used up that night, didn't he? Well, yeah, actually, and the funny part about it is, Zach, he used it up twice in that one night. Uh, I I had never had, you know, like I said, he was a big hunter and a hard going the same night. I picked him up on the on the line of the pace, you know, the hard top, and a semi is going 65 mile an hour down the other line. Oh, my gosh. That's that's. I mean, I I grabbed him and the semi went by me. Mm. Uh, so I think after that I put him up for the rest of the night. Yeah, I probably would have too. But yeah, like like I was saying earlier, weapon gave you what you call the favorite, your most favorite dog you ever had. Um, and Kitty's got him now, hunting him. Um, he bought him from you earlier this year, I guess, at old, old Colt 45. Tell us a little bit about him. Uh, So, uh, you know, after we'd put Weapon up and, and wasn't hunting him no more, we started looking for, we'd bred him. I don't know, Weapon might have 150 pups, 200 on the ground. I'm not for sure. Uh, a lot a lot of good pups, uh, you know, not, not a lot of big winners. I, I don't know what, uh, you know, what the reason is with that uh but so we'd got to look and me and pat key did uh you know he'd sent me i was hunting with him and partnered with him and he sent me looking for a pup and you know something to hunt so i had one that i called model 12 it was actually a litter mate to to coke and uh, uh Liked him, he treated coons, just never did really win nothing with him. So, uh, and then Colt, I'd actually had him when he was a pup. Uh, I had him and another one. And Darren Schuler had bred his female, his old Clayton female, to, uh, to weapon, and, and she didn't have no pups. And instead of his money back or a rebreed or anything, he just, he told me, he said, if you just get me one of them pups out of that, out of that dog there 
and Webb, he said, I'll just take that pup. So that turned out to be Colt. Uh, he he had sold him to Justin White, uh, and that's the other, you know, that's where that connection comes back in. But but Colt's mama, uh, I had actually carried her home from Clay's when he bred uh, his old gold female to, to Zeb 3 around 2011, 2012. I carried this pup back to a guy here. Uh, named Robbie McCann, and he, he never hunted her in the hunts, but she was, you know, just for years and years and years, I kept hearing about how good, good of a coon dog this, this dog was out of Zeb Three and Gold here. And it would have been, uh, 2017, probably. He carried her up here to my house and bred her to weapon one day, so, uh, that, that was Coach Mama, so Coach, you know, like Kitty said, he's he's got a lot of wipeout in him. Really, he's his mama is, is out of Zeb three and gold, which goes back to Moose. You know what I mean? And his daddy was weapon, so he's he's loaded up with it. But uh, Justin had called us probably <clears throat> uh, twenty twenty eighteen, probably uh, seventeen or eighteen, anyhow around August and, and, you know, he told me about this pup that he had out of weapon and, you know, it started to tree coons and this and that. So I talked to Pat and we bought him, you know what I mean? Uh, just off Justin's word and, 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 you know, it went about two months that we'd never even picked him up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Justin had called me and he'd say, Paint, you gonna pick this pup up any time or what? But long story short, I got him up here and got to hunt him, and and he he was a little bit, you know, he tree coons, but he had a few little old things, wasn't nothing, nothing major. And I just, I mean, I really, when I sit in the hunting cold, I was driving two hours about four or five nights a week uh, up to Pat and and a guy named Jeremy Phillips. Uh, that's who, and he eventually bought in on coat, but. That's where I went hunting every night, and 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 they had two good dogs. You know, when I first started hunting colt, uh, Jeremy had that Creed dog, and Pat had a little old English female that's good as any man's dog. Uh, he called her Lucy, uh, but he and, and they can vouch for this. They wouldn't, you know, what I mean. But now, when I say there's good dogs. I mean, Colt would, we'd go hunting, Colt tree three or four cones, and they might tree one or they might not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And as unlucky as Weapon was, Colt was three times that unlucky in a cast. Uh, he's, he's, he's the most unlucky dog I've ever had. But like you said, he is, he is my favorite dog, uh, that, that I've ever had cold is. You know, a lot of times people think that a, a dog you like and a dog that wins is the same, but it ain't. And I'm not saying Colts won plenty. Don't get me wrong. How much did he win with when you had him? Did you? you uh, won? He won. I won about it all. You know, uh, he won fourteen or fifteen thousand PKC and. Uh, probably, I don't know, 
twenty thousand in invitationals. You know what I mean? Right, but uh, I guess the point I was trying to make there uh, is the win is not always the number one measure of a coon dog. No, no, it's you probably want a little more with uh, with weapon than you, than you did coat. But, uh, you know, if you get a dog that you just like better, that's just all there is to it. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, that goes back to, to, to the connection that James and Justin, you know what I mean? So, so I'd hunted Colt and, and, and never, you know, never won no big hunts. I, you know, got in some pro classics and doubled up at the world hunting the super stakes with him and and just just stuff that happened, you know. The best he'd look was a year that you know, I doubled up and then the next round at the world hunt, uh, he's treed two coons in about thirty minutes and I'm I'm just, you know, leash locked the rest of this time and and we finally get done and we got like 12 minutes left to hunt and i'm thinking i got this thing you know what i mean oh yeah uh, and that little old six pack dog that uh the, the guy from michigan was hunting for rainy we cut loose me and him and and tracy thompson and and he's uh he you know, like I said, I'm winning the cast, and and they go out there and strike, and he trees her, and we can tell just a second she's in the ground. You know what I mean? So so we're getting we're getting right up there at him, and I'm struck, you know, struck in with him, and Tracy struck, I think, at that point maybe. But I'm thinking, okay, she's in the ground. You know what I mean? Well, we get right up there to it. Well, I'll be daggone if she don't jerk the coon up out of the hole. Uh, and he you don't know, get her strike. But it, it's just stuff like that, you know. Uh, Colt, on a cast, he, he dominated that cast. There was never nothing. I can't think of one time that I thought, well, that was a break that went his way, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. It, it was just it was just from him dominating the cast is all, is uh, is the way he wanted. And when when you got one out there like that, if they go out there and they do everything that they can do to to give themselves a chance to win at the end of the hunt, you can't really get mad. It's frustrating, but you can't really be mad at the dog. Yeah, and there was times. I mean, there's times that uh, there was times that weapon would just take spells and. I can think of many cats that I hunted him for two hours and never heard him bark. And and there's times that Colt, you know, would would go off in a cast and not tree for two hours, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but, but uh I mean just as far as night in, night out of hunt, he he was the one I wanted to hunt, you know what I mean? So uh, about this time last year I I'd sold him the uh, Trey Pern that had called and and he was looking for a dog or something and and I'd priced him to coat or coat to him and he called me back a day or two later and bought him you know what I mean uh well he didn't keep him long and the next thing you know you know James Wright and 
I guess I could bought him, you know what I mean? So there's James right back into it on a dog. Uh, and then, and then, you know, you said Kitty bought him for me. He didn't. He actually bought him for mine. That's right. Yeah, and I and I when he bought him, you know, James had called me about last September or so, and and asked me that I want to hunt him at the world hunt. And I was actually hunting that little Oreo dog at the time uh, for a boy named Stephen Robertson here at the house, you know, the one that Michael Markham hunted. And, you know, and that's just, uh, like I said, how, how much I liked the dog. I'd actually give her up just to hunt cold, and, and she goes on and dang near wins the world hunt, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But... It's just the way it is, and I, like I said, that's just another another friendship that I'd made through coon hunting, and that is what it is. Yeah, and I'm sure you're glad to see him uh, at Kitty's house, as good buddies as you and Kitty are. Uh, oh, yeah, he's, uh, as long as he keeps that bush off of him. <laughs> yeah, bush don't need to be handling your dog, does he? <laughs> no. He don't uh, but but yeah, I am glad to see him there. And you and you could ask Kitty this. I believe if I pulled down the driveway today, Colt would know I was coming down that driveway, and that's a fact. Well, uh, and the, but, the bond you build with a with a dog that you keep for a while and hunt, uh, you know, people say, "Oh, I try not to get attached." You're gonna get attached to a dog if if you, especially if it's just if it's the only dog that you're hunting. And you really yeah, like it. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's 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 what I was telling you about Doug earlier when I was talking about the, you know being a dog man, and I think that's the thing that that helps Doug Jackson is recognizing the dog first of all. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but but Doug has a, uh, I mean, the first time I met him, he had you know, slim and hey, just watching him and staying around him, you know, me and him stayed a lot of hunts together and I mean, slim could make a river, you know, wherever he had him at and Doug was, Doug knowed it, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just a, you know, just a bond with a dog and I think that's what helps Doug, uh, like I said, bond with his dogs, you know, of course we know he had Echo and and that was, I mean, I know I'm great with him and, and, and one more and, you know, in a couple hunts and most people ever win their life. But if Doug would have kept him, Doug and the people had a bond, you know what I mean? Right. But it's, uh, uh, it, it, it is good to build a bond with a dog. I think certain dogs does you know, just does better for certain people, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh-huh. but uh, that, that's about all I got. Well, uh, I don't know if that's how you want to end it or not. Uh, well, but. You don't You don't have a dog right now, but I, I imagine uh, Kitty gets gets old Colt stuck to the right female and, and there's a pup comes out that, that catches your eye that, that you might be, you might be trying to get your hands on one of them. 
Yeah, and he he he's tried. It's funny you said that. He just sent me a video yesterday, actually, of some uh, some Ron somebody. How cold he's bred him three or four times, or maybe more. I know Kitty has, and uh, I've actually had two or three videos of people's tea and. Uh, a guy lives north of him up there named John Elway, bred one to coat. So there is, you know, I guess there's a few pups round out of coat. And yeah, I send out one and I get the right situation. And that's what I was talking about earlier. It's a shame that, you know, right where I live right now is, is, is by far the best coon population I've ever lived in. I see. I see two, three, four sometimes every yeah. morning to work in a twenty mile span, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh so so if I can find the right one and and, and it's you know, every cone hunter I know, not necessarily nothing to do with competition hunting, but every cone hunter I know when it when it starts getting fall of the year, they all get a little itch to them, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's just something about the weather, uh I guess makes you want to go go cut one loose. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure I've never really quit for a for a long period of time since I've started. But I'm sure guys that's been quit a long time that they still get that feeling every now and then. Are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get? That's why I encourage you to go check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes, especially if you're wanting something different. GNR Sear Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great looking at that. They provide a high quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G- find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA. When the weather starts to cool off and everything. But, uh, but Painter, I, I appreciate you sitting down with me tonight, buddy. Uh, I know, uh, I mean, you've become become a lot closer over the years now. You you are one of the one of the friendships I've made through coon hunting that that I really that I really cherish, and I, I thank a lot of you. And uh, like I said, I appreciate you being on with me tonight, and uh, I I think people really enjoy this interview. Um, so. Uh, yeah, before I we, I appreciate you, Zach. I appreciate your friendship. Uh, thank a lot of you. Uh, even though you do weed eat with a dang battery powered weed eater, but <laughs> well, <laughs> well, everybody, not everybody. I'm carrying on, <laughs> but uh, before we go, uh, this is something I ask everybody when I when I have them on here. Uh, what when it comes to coon hunting? What is your why? What drives you to coon hunt? And uh, and and what what do you think? Uh, what do you get out? What what's the the biggest thing you get out of it? Uh, from from uh, pleasure hunting and the competition, you know. From from pleasure hunting, 
is, uh, you know, it, I guess it's just the peace of mind. I, I've always had uh, kind of, I've had a good family, but I've always had, you know, what you'd say, a little bit of a stressful job. Uh, and, and I used to just love to go coon hunting. And I think that's probably, just to be honest with you, that's probably what I need to get back to for a little bit. It's just, uh, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing like the sound of a, of a hound in the, in the, you know, in the pitch black. People used to, you know, around here where I live, there's, there's a few old, not a lot of people coon hunts. And I say, man, I used to work for a boss. He'd say, buddy, I don't understand what you'd want to get out of the bed in the middle of the night and go tromp around in the dark in the hills. He said, I just don't understand that. But but for me, uh, you know, and it's, it wasn't always the best thing to do, but, man, I could uh, I could take off, you know, with just me and a dog and and just being out there and listening to that dog. And, and I'm thankful, like I said, that I had people that taught me before Garmin's and, and all this, you know, they're good. They're great. I wouldn't turn a dog loose without one now, but I, I learned at an early age to, to listen to a dog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I enjoyed, really. I enjoyed just listening to a dog, uh, uh, Zach. And, and as far as competition hunting, just, you know, I was always competitive. I, I think all competition hunters have to, they, they've got a competitive nature about them, and 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 I like to compete with a dog. Uh, and, and there's a lot of good handlers and a lot of good dogs out there. You know, you get people to tell you all oh, dogs ain't what they used to be. Uh, that dogs and handlers both uh, are better today and tougher competition today than they've ever been, hands down. Uh, so I, I guess just the competitive side of it, right? Yeah, and um, and that's the way it is for me too. I I had never won nothing really to speak of uh, in these hunts, but going out there and competing, uh, it's just it's a big thrill, and I I really enjoy it. And, and they just you know me and Pat, me and Pat talk. We talked uh, daily for a long, long time, and. And and don't talk as much anymore that I probably probably should. But uh, you know, Pat very smart, very uh, he he Pat motivated me a lot uh, just by talking to me, and he you know he built confidence a lot. I mean, and, and he used to ask me just quite often. He didn't understand the not that the money meant anything to him, but. He was like, why, why would you not want to win a $100,000 hunt? Pat had asked me, you know, he'd asked me multiple times about what was, you know, what was my goal. And, and ever since I just you know, was young, and it's still today. I mean, it's to me, the the world hunt is, is the hunt. You know what I mean? Uh, the Nationals is probably the hardest one to win. I mean, the, you know, Pat used to ask me, he, you know, what motivated me and what, you know, and since I was a kid, just, 
I guess if you, you know, as far as the competition side, and it, it don't pay near what none of, none of these others does now. And, and but I, I just, you know, I always wanted to win the world hunt. I mean, that was, uh, that's been my goal. And I guess I still ain't give up on it. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't moving much towards it right now. But, you know, I, I, I want to win the world hunt someday. So I guess I'll keep plugging along. Well, there's a good chance that world champion might be sitting at James Wright or Justin White or Trey Perrin's house right now. Could be, yeah. But, if, it, uh, if it's sitting at Trey Perrin's, it won't be there next week. <laughs> I hear you. Well, all right, Painter, well, I'm going to let you get off here, buddy. I, like I said, I appreciate you sitting down with me, and uh, I, I really enjoyed this, and I, I think the listeners are going to enjoy it. And, uh, uh, you you have a good night, and I I appreciate you doing this. All right, buddy. We'll see you. All right. I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook. Give us a like at Coon Hunting You. Also, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.